Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation. Here I am. (laughs) My man, DeMond Cotton, is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio, and I'll tell you, earlier this afternoon, I had to make a tough decision. (laughs) It is a good thing that I am here in the home studio. I had an impromptu kind of lunch meeting over at the Sahara Las Vegas. Of course, we do a lot of business with them. Clay Baker is always out there for Thursday Night Football at Chickies and Pete's. Great partnership that we have with them throughout the course of the football season. Again, Thursday Night Football is kicked off all the time with Clay Baker at Chickies and Pete's. Really good location. Well, Today, I found out when I got to the radio station that there was a there was a kind of a last minute luncheon slash meeting slash type of show you the you know new facilities that I was supposed to attend that I wasn't too sure of. And I said, well, okay, I'll go ahead and make my way over there. And so I got over there around noon and Raider Nation. If you follow me on Twitter at your boy Q254, then you understand why I barely made it to the show today. And I say I barely made it. I've, I've, I've been ready to go for quite a while. But, man, I had to make a business decision on, I don't know, should I just let DeMond roll the show or should I just go ahead and hang out here? They have this brand-new pool area at the Sahara Las Vegas that is amazing. And, again, I tweeted out the video just kind of showing the venue. It is awesome. Multiple pools, multiple bars, multiple TVs. It's, it's, it's a hell of a thing, man. And so they had uh, little cabanas out there, and, and the weather today just happened to be perfect. It's been really cold as of late, but today, I mean, you know, it's supposed to top off around 70. It was perfect out where we were, and we're just kind of hanging out. And like I said, just checking out the venue, and we're going to do a lot of work with them. And that's what's exciting about this radio station and our opportunity that we have here is that we're going to continue to uh, build our relationships all around town. And so you're going to find us all over town more more times than not. So this, this show is going to end up being in – uh, this is something DeMond will understand, more like Cofield and Company, where we're out on the road all the time. <laughs> they, I don't even, half the time, I don't even know what Steve Cofield looks like because he's out on the road so much. But they do a hell of a job on ESPN Las Vegas, and we're going to continue to build that up here on Radio Nation Radio 920 as well. And so, yeah, just had an opportunity to go out there and check out the new facility and uh, had a little bit of, of lunch, uh, had some nachos, uh, had a little bit of salmon, uh, had a little bit of flatbread pizza or whatever. Just, you know, nothing major. I, I told him, hey, I got to do a show at 2 o'clock. I can't be too too full. You can't give me too much food. But nice little location, man. So uh, I definitely encourage you if you're going to uh, want to go out and, and have maybe a company thing there or, uh, you know, business meetings or whatever, or you want to take your buddies out. They have cabanas for 10. They have cabanas for 20. I mean, they have all kind of great great venues or locations uh, inside the venue as far as, uh, you know, saying just to, to go out there and, and have a good time. And uh, the pools are awesome. And on top of that, Damon, I know it's not pool weather right now. It's not something that you're just going to go jump in the pool. Uh, the lady that was uh, giving us a tour, Millette, she's really, really great young lady. Uh, she said, oh, Q, while you're at it, go ahead and dip your hand in the water real quick. And I kind of hesitated because I'm not really a water guy, right? I'm not really that guy. You're not going to just catch me jumping into the pool. Clearly. No, I'm not that guy. I can hang out poolside. Let's not get it twisted. I don't mind hanging out poolside, but I'm not really going to be the guy jumping in the pool. Man, I must have dipped my hand into the water. Nice and warm. 
Nice and warm, so it wasn't cold. So really, you can go out there anytime you want. If you just want to go out there poolside and uh, check out some March Madness on these huge screens that they have, I mean, you can see the screens. I'm driving down the street to Sahara, Las Vegas, and I can see the screens. They're so big. So if you just wanted to go and check out some March Madness, or even like Sunday when Selection Sunday show comes up, you want to go ahead and check that out, you could literally sit there in the water, hang out, have a cold beverage, poolside or in the pool, and not be cold because the water's not cold. So, I mean, they have it set up so you can basically enjoy this all year long. So I, I got to give them a lot of credit. And like I said, man, I'm looking forward to doing a lot of work with them, uh, you know, sooner rather than later as we, uh, we navigate through this time of year. And then, man, when we hit summertime, could you imagine unnecessary roughness poolside? <laughs> Three hours, 2 to 5 p.m.? Come on down. What could go wrong? It's a good thing that I have to stay in the studio because I, you can stay away from the temptations of being wined and dined. Right. I can't. Whereas just like, hey, it's on the house. You're talking about, yeah, just a little flatbed pizza, you know, oh, before yeah. the show. I'm like, What's, what, what else we got there? What, what, <laughs> what else can you give me? Well, they, the, man. This is unnecessary roughness. And I'd be like, you know, wiping my face. All right, Q, I'm ready to go. <laughs> I'm telling you, the only thing that they could have done is told me about the meeting yesterday because I would have definitely brought the equipment and I would have just done the show from there. I mean, it would have been no doubt about it. The music was, was bumping. I mean, we could have been having a good old time. They had a big old stage there, everything. And that's the one thing I told them. If you had told me about this yesterday, I would no doubt about it be doing the show from right here, right now. Did so, they show you the location where in the future the possibility where you would be doing the show? Oh, I can anywhere. Oh. I mean, I, the, the capabilities anywhere. They have couches. They have cabanas. They have inside. They have garage doors that go up. So if I want to be inside and still outside at the same time, oh, they had everything. Everything and it actually doesn't even open up till tomorrow. So tomorrow's really the opening. I got a little bit of behind the scenes, but uh, man, uh, it, it would have been cool to be out there this afternoon. But no worries, <laughs> don't you worry. We will be out there sooner rather than later, and I'll be encouraging everyone to come on by and hang out with us. And of course, when the football season does roll back around, we'll be having uh, Clay back out there at Chickies of Pete's every Thursday night for Thursday Night Football. So that's just kind of what I was doing earlier today. Now back in the home studio and excited for the next three hours with you. Get to talk a lot of Raider football. And uh, we got a lot of good guests coming up on the show today. Of course, Vinny Bonsignor, he's our guy. Uh, he'll be joining us at 2.30. You can hear him on the morning tailgate with Clay Baker and Heidi Fang, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., but also read all his work in the RJ, VegasNation.com, does a fantastic job with both. He'll be, uh, he'll be joining us at 2.30 to talk all things ins and outs when it comes to the silver and black as free agency opens up next week. Keep that in mind. At 3 o'clock, Aaron Wilson, Channel 2. He's the NFL insider there in Houston. He'll join us at 3 o'clock to talk all things well, what's going on with Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, uh, Aaron Rodgers in the Jets, uh, what could be happening to uh, players, a lot of players getting released, as you could tell, uh, over the last few days uh, as teams are preparing for free agency next week, and he'll just kind of give us the ins and outs on a lot of different scenarios going on in the NFL. I just actually ran into him and met him in person at the Combine in Indianapolis last week, so it was great to see Aaron there, and he'll join the show coming up at 3 o'clock. At 3.30, this is a conversation I'm very excited about. Ted Wynn from The Athletic, he'll join us. Uh, he does a great job when it comes to film breakdown. He had put out a piece on The Athletic that I encourage everyone to go check out, and it really is comparing and contrasting Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. I think that it's pretty safe to say quarterback one and quarterback 1A is Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, depending on what flavor uh, you know quarterback you prefer. And I think the two guys that have probably the highest ceiling, that could end up being the best quarterbacks, but also have question marks, would be Will Levis at 
out of Kentucky and Anthony Richardson out of Florida. So he did some film breakdown on uh, talking about the gamble that it would take to go get those guys, uh, you know, what it would take to coach those guys up, what he thinks their ceiling would be. But from a film standpoint, I thought it was really good stuff. So uh, Ted is going to join us at 3.30 to kind of break that down. Then at 4 o'clock, another conversation I'm excited about, Cynthia Freeland and another person I just ran into last week at the Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. And she's a young lady that I run into every time we're at the Super Bowl. She's always there. She's from NFL Network, does a great job. She put out a piece on NFL.com where she was basically putting potential free agents that are going to be free agents next week and t- and matching them up with teams and, and basing that and saying how much more wins that team would have based off this person being on their roster. So Jimmy G was one of the guys. She had him going to the Houston Texans, and he was like he was worth about four more wins for Houston. And she did factor in the Raiders with that as well because Jimmy G's name obviously has come up a lot when it comes to the silver and black, and he was worth about four more wins but a little bit less than the Houston Texans. So uh, she has this whole little science and mathematical analytical type thing, and uh, we all know that I'm not a big analytical person, but reading what she had to had to say and all the all the uh, you know the math and science that went into it, I found it to be very intriguing. So she'll join us at four o'clock. We'll go over some of the players that she talked about. She did have one specific for the Raiders, and this player only gave the Raiders a little bit over one. I think it was like one point one more victories on their total that they had a season ago if this player was added by way of free agency. But we'll deep deep dive into all that coming up at 4 o'clock with Cynthia Freeland from the NFL Network. So those are the guests that we have on the show. Vinny Bonsignor, Aaron Wilson, Ted Wynn, Cynthia Freeland. Of course, Raider Nation, we want to hear from you as well. 702-365-9200 and our don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword R&R. With all that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So we've got a couple things for you as we jump into the opening drive. One, I want to throw out there just a question so you can keep this in mind and start to, you know, kind of start thinking about it. Uh, we found out earlier today that Amir Abdullah re-signed a one-year deal with the Silver and Black. Vinny Bonsignor, who will join us at 2.30, he uh, confirmed that. I believe my guy Tristan uh, had put that out early in the day, but uh, Vinny made sure that, uh, you know, that was confirmed. And so it was. Amir Abdullah is back for a year. So, Damon, I'm excited about that selfishly, because all last year I kept saying Amir Abdullah was going to break one, take one to the house, a kickoff return, and he never did. I felt like he got close, but he didn't didn't get it done. So now at least he's got another year to try to do it again, right? So uh, everything goes right if he gets through training camp, gets through, you know, the preseason, all that good stuff, makes the 53-man roster, he'll have another opportunity, another season to try to break one and take it to the house. And you know how many weeks, on top of weeks, on top of weeks, I kept saying, Amir Abdullah's close. He's really close. He's going to get there, and he never quite got there. But uh, good for him, re-signing with the Silver and Black. And you think next year he gets it done, Damon? You think finally? Oh, yeah, I'll, for, for your sake, I'm rooting for him to get that <laughs> kick return touchdown as well, where he's just one of those guys being the adult in the room. It's, it's going to be interesting to see Josh Jacobs. He's got the franchise tag. We know he's coming back for at least one more season, Amir Abdullah. Are they going to try to commit a little bit more to the running back by committee? Where, Josh, we know you're so great. Right. Some of these other guys need some touches too, but Amir Abdullah, he was that third down back. Yeah, he was you know, that receiver out the yeah, backfield. Obviously yeah. receiving. Like, I guess the couple of times that he did run, I would have been surprised if I was the defense, Amir Abdullah's in the game, and he's getting the ball for a handoff. But I'm glad to see him back because he's just one of those guys you root for. Yeah, he is. And I remember when uh, when we had the, the kind of the exit – 
uh, locker room opportunity there at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. I mean, Vinny asked him straight up, like, hey, would you like to return to the Raiders? And he said that the Raiders were his team growing up. So, yeah, he would definitely uh, like to return. He said it has to make sense. Well, uh, him signing a one-year extension, contract extension, obviously it made sense. So Amir Abdullah is back with the silver and black. So uh, one of the questions, with the tampering period opening up on Monday, who should the Raiders re-sign out of their out of their free agents, who should they re-sign before other teams have a chance to make an offer? Now, we talked about this earlier in the offseason, about the guys that were priorities, and I looked at Jared Stidham as a priority. Obviously, Josh Jacobs was a priority. I put um, Jerron Harmon as a pro- priority. I put, who else did I say? Jakob Johnson as a priority, and I believe Matt Collins. I think those are the five guys that I put as priorities. And so... We know that Josh Jacobs has a franchise tag, but who do you think that the Raiders should look at and say, you know what, before any other team has an opportunity to go ahead and offer them a contract, we need to go ahead and and, and lock them down. Again, uh, the tampering period for free agency opens up on Monday, so it's going to be here sooner rather than later. So that's the first question that I have for you at 702-365-9200. And, of course, the don'tbebroke.com text sign 69187, keyword R&R. And then... I also wanted to jump into what the former MVP, Rich Gannon, had to say about fixing the Raiders. And he's part of the 33rdteam.com. He does a great job there. We had Ari Mayrov on the other day. He's from the 33rd team. We had Trey Wingo on <laughs> yesterday. He's from the 33rd team. A lot of folks, I'm telling you, this website is fantastic. They put in a lot of really good work, and they have a lot of really good, credible people that are part of their team. And Rich Gannon is one of them. And so they actually sent me this tweet yesterday, sent me a direct message, and they said, hey, one to pass this along from Rich Gannon. So, of course, DeMond, my natural uh, response is, well, can Rich join the show to talk about it? (laughs) Because you know me, I'll never hesitate to ask for someone to come on the show. So I didn't get any response uh, from that. But I said, all right, that's fine. No big deal. We'll talk about it ourselves. So Rich Gannon and the tweet from the 33rd team, and I know a lot of people have been talking about it, is out there right now. Four ways to fix the Raiders listed by Rich Gannon. All offseason, they've been sharing three ways to fix every NFL team. But Rich Gannon decided the Raiders need a little extra work to, to, to get things right. So these are the four things that Rich Gannon had to say, how they could fix, how the Raiders could get fixed quick, fast, and in a hurry. Number one, sign Jimmy G and draft a quarterback on day two. Not, not a day one guy, but a day two. So that's a second round or third round guy. Two, Build up the offensive line. Three, get another pass rusher with Max Crosby. And then four, add more playmakers to the secondary. So I'll go ahead and start. Add more playmakers to the secondary tomorrow. We've been pounding that table for quite a while, right? So clearly we're no dummies. Uh, we're not the only ones that see that they need to make play, have playmakers added to the secondary. That's something I've asked Josh McDaniels about. Hey, how bad do you need to have some guys on defense that can go make plays? He's talked about that. We talked about that in Indy just last week. Get another pass rusher uh, with Max Crosby, no-brainer. They tried to do that with Chandler Jones, didn't quite work out. Four and a half sacks is not good enough. They need to get a guy, whether it's in the draft or free agency, and I have a tendency to believe you're going to find a guy in the draft that maybe you could pair up with Max Crosby and still bring Chandler Jones in as a situational pass rusher. So I think those two, number three and number four, no doubt. Build up the offensive line, and this is where it gets a little interesting for me because I do believe they need to build up the offensive line, but DeMond, how do you go about building up the offensive line, right? Do you go strictly at the right tackle position because that's been the, 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 the door that's been revolving for quite a while? 
do you move Dylan Parham from guard to center and then all of a sudden have a hole at the guard position and a potential hole at the right tackle position, right? Do you just sign Jermaine Illuminor? Do you go down that road again? I know Slow Jams James. I know he's okay with that because Slow Jam James is a big Jermaine Illuminor guy, which is okay. I think Jermaine Illuminor did some good things. Matter of fact, by the way, side note on Jermaine Illuminor, do you see he's getting married this weekend? I did see that that as well, yes. You saw that on Twitter. Like, everybody's getting married on the Silver and Black. You had Max Crosby. You had Vinny, uh, you know, telling everybody that Darren was getting married, and then that came out, and so now Jermaine Illuminor. So everybody on the Raiders is getting married. But anyway, back from from that. So how do you address the offensive line? You know, what, what do you have to attack? You know, how do you make that offensive line better? Look, Josh Jacobs led the league in rushing, so it did a good job with run blocking. Josh Jacobs also did a lot of work as well. So how do you build that up do you keep Parham at guard do you move him to center do you move on from James I mean how do you think that they go about fixing and building up in Rich Gannon's words the offensive line for me it's got to be through free agency I think that this offensive line needs some proven players the only players that I know the the coaches the GMs they like to say nobody's job is safe but Colton Miller and Dylan Parham those are the only two guys on the offensive line where if you show up and don't get injured you should be a starter for this offensive line everybody else even if they do bring them back don't come back thinking that you're going to be a starter just because you were one last year and right. I do think that that comes with bringing in some free agency guys where we see with Dylan Parham, um, what's my man who was the rookie from Ohio State last oh, year? Oh, Thayer Mumford. Thayer Mumford, he can try to improve a little bit. You've got a couple of young pieces on the offensive line. Now I think they need those proven veteran additions. Uh, and I'm okay with that, right? If you bring a few different guys and make them compete during training camp, and you know, you, the one thing that they can't do, let's put it like this, and I think we all talked about it all offseason last year, all training camp, all preseason, is they can't just – say, yeah, we're going to improve the offensive line. Yeah, they need to improve the offensive line and then them not do anything, right? Because they didn't do anything. Remember, we all waited and waited and waited all offseason, kept saying, all right, at some point they're going to address the offensive line. All right, well, I think after cutdowns, after June 1st, all right, well, after this, it's like, all right, well, after the draft, all right, well, after the, it's like everything was after, 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 and it never came to fruition. So they never really addressed the offensive line. I think that that's a must. So maybe it's a combination of the both, the draft and free agency, like you said, but more than likely, free agency is probably the way that they'll have to go. And then the big elephant in the room, number one, sign Jimmy G and draft a quarterback on day two. One, I wonder who quarterback on day two is. Is that anticipation of Hendon Hooker falling to round two? Is that a guy that we're not talking about on day two? Because the guys that we're looking at are all day one guys. We're talking about C.J. Stroud, we're talking about Bryce Young, Will Levitz, Anthony Richardson, in no particular order either. Don't, don't get upset because I said it in a certain order, right? I'm just, I'm just calling the names as I see it. So four guys and then Hendon Hooker. Can he potentially fall to the second round in your opinion? I think he can, but it's looking like it's highly unlikely that he's going to fall to the second round. But if he does, That's how it feels to me, yeah. Yeah, it's because, like you said, teams, why not just have that fifth-year option on him if you draft him in the first round if you do think that he could be your quarterback of the future? So maybe he's thinking of maybe a Tanner McKee, somebody that, that I think is definitely going to be there day two. Maybe, but that's the only person for me of the day two guys that you could say it might be a gamble because he's big, strong, he's got that prototypical size and build to him where maybe he can be the guy Hey, you take a flyer on him, he could turn out to be a starting quarterback of the future. Right. I mean, I, I just I don't know if he's going to be. You know, I thought the same thing with Jalen Hurts. I thought a team was going to grab him in the first round to give him that fifth-year option, and they didn't. The Eagles ended up getting him in round two. So maybe Hendon Hooker falls to round two. 
But I just I, – I, I don't see it either, man. I just feel like too many teams need quarterbacks, and it makes too much spe- sense, especially since he's coming off that torn ACL, that it would just make sense to pick up that fifth-year option. I don't know who he could be talking about on day two. You know, I mean, who, who are we talking about? Because day two is what, rounds two and three? Yeah, so you don't like Tanner McKee maybe as a third-round pick? Mm, I mean, maybe. I mean, is that a guy that you'd be intrigued by in round three? No, but of me trying to make sense of Rich Gannon's plan, right. he's the best option of who I think would be available at this okay. point. Because it's Hendon Hooker, if everything falls right, he would be the guy, but I just don't think he's going to be there. I so agree. now I'm trying to pick, all right, well, of this quarterback class, who would be a good pickup on day two if we're still going to try to follow Rich Gannon's plan here? Right, exactly. So, Raider Nation, I want to ask you about that as well. I mean, I already threw out the question about uh, the, the Raiders and their free agents. Out of the guys that they have, who would you like to bring back before before they hit free agency and before the tampering period opens up on Monday? That's one of the questions. But I do want to get your thoughts on what Rich Gannon had to say. Again, the former MVP, he's a sharp uh, football mind. A lot of Raider Nation wanted him to be on the coaching staff. I remember everyone pounding the table, bring Rich Gannon in, bring Rich Gannon in. Well, what do you think of his, his thoughts on how to, the four ways to make the Raiders back, you know, get them back to where they need to be. Sign Jimmy G and, and draft a quarterback on day two. That means that what they would do at number seven is grab the best defensive player, which I have no problem with. I think that that would make a lot of sense. So that part of it makes sense. I don't know who he'd be targeted on day two. And maybe we'll ask Vinny when he joins us at 2.30. Two, build up the offensive line. Three, get another pass rusher with Crosby. And then four, add more playmakers to the secondary. What are your thoughts on what... Rich Gannon had to say. You can hit us up and let us know at 702-365-9200 and don'tbebroke.com. Text line is 69187, keyword R&R. And if you want to tweak it, if you want to change something up, you can. I don't know what everyone sees in Jimmy G. I really don't, right? And, again, Vanny Bonsignor, who's been very adamant about Jimmy G on the morning tailgate, we'll ask him. That'll be one of the first questions we ask him when he joins us in a few minutes. I don't see the infatuation in him. And I get it that – you know, he's got some wins under his belt. I think that wins and losses are the worst uh, the individual stat because, I mean, it's, it's so situational, right? I don't think that the reason he's got all those wins is just solely on him. I think that he was in a really good position, which, hey, no fault of his, good. I just, I just don't understand why everyone believes that Jimmy G makes the team that much better. I mean, again, Cynthia Freeland, who will join us at 4 o'clock, she has him, him joining the Houston Texans will give him four more wins. Four? And, he, and she has the Raiders at four more wins with them as well. I don't. Do you see four games last year that the Raiders lost that you think they would have won with Jimmy G? Um, I do think that they win the L.A. game. The Rams? Okay. Yeah, so they, they can, I think that they defeat the Rams. The Steeler game, I think I'd give them that one as well with Jimmy well, G. Off of what? What did he do? What, was he, what would he do? Just, just move the ball? Yeah, it's so much as um, what, Car- what Carr didn't do in those games. Okay, me, okay, I got you. Where it's, it's more of like, hey, playing it safe, knowing that, hey, we can get a field goal here in certain situations, especially in that Ram game, where it's certain situations where I think that Jimmy G, him playing it safe would be to the benefit of the team. Right. So I would, I would say those two games, the Kyler Murray game, I think that was lightning in a bottle. You know, if he does that every game, nothing that Jimmy G can do about that. So I would, I'd give him at least two. So let's, you know, if we're, we're in Split Vegas the here. difference. Yeah, okay. so I'd give him two, two and a half. Okay. All right. No, I mean, that's, that's fine. Uh, I, I don't, you know, like I said, I, I don't see it. I don't know what's 
the big infatuation with him. But again, um, you know, he, he's going to have a market. Uh, obviously, quarterback is the most important position, and everyone's got to have one. And if they don't, they're looking for one, <laughs> right? So, I mean, that's just it's just that simple. So, um, we'll we'll see. But I, I do want to hear from you, Raider Nation. Again, seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred and the don't be broke dot com text line six nine one eight seven keyword R and R out of the Raiders free agents that they have personally. On their squad right now, who would you like to see them re-sign before they have an opportunity uh, to test free agency starting on Monday? And then what did you think of Rich Gannon's plans, the four ways he thinks that you could get the Raiders turned around quick, fast, and in a hurry? Also, the compensatory uh, draft picks has been rolled out by the NFL. They sent the email in, and the Raiders received two compensatory draft picks, as we all believed that they were going to do. So I believe that that does put them now officially at 11 draft picks for the upcoming uh, uh, upcoming draft in April, which is a big deal. That is a really big deal to have 11 draft picks. Uh, that that is massive. You're not going to sign 11 guys when you when you go and draft 11 guys. 11 guys ain't going to make the squad, right? And so that, I think that that just gives the Raiders opportunity to be able to decide. Yeah, we can stay right here. We can move up. We can move back. It, it gives them an opportunity to negotiate the board a little bit more. They can kind of pick and choose what they want to do. Having 11 draft picks. That is a big, big deal. Dave Ziegler's got to be licking his chops. You know, they got to be thinking, okay, uh, you want to get this thing turned around? Again, I've talked about going very defensive heavy in the draft. You have 11 draft picks, man. You can go defensive heavy and still cherry pick a couple other players. You can go get a wide receiver, an offensive lineman, or even a tight end and be okay with it because you have that much draft capital. So you have a lot of wiggle room if you have that much capital. So that, I believe, is a really Really good thing for the silver and black. So officially, eleven draft picks for the April for the draft that comes up in the end of April in Kansas City. So Raider Nation, want to hear from you again? Seven zero two three six five nine two hundred and the Don't Be Broke dot com text line is six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. Two quick texts, and we'll take a break from the 925. The official comp picks are out. Raiders get a fifth and a sixth. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Mailman Raider said, "Yo Q." You're bringing your homegirl in about if we had this free agent, we'd have this many more wins. Well, if we didn't have Harmon last season, I think we lose two more games. He was the closer. He knew where to be and when to be there, and that's why, in my opinion, he should be the top one to sign before free agency drops. Mailman Raider. I think that's a great answer. I really do. And I actually expected a little bit more from Harmon last season, but uh, he was, like Mailman Raider said, he was in really good position more times than not. There was a couple times where plays got away from him, but for the most part, Jerron Harmon was Johnny on the spot. And I don't even think he anticipated playing as much as he did in 2022. He told me at the celebrity basketball game that I played in, he told me he was on my team. He said, hey, the plan is to run it back and to be back here in, in Vegas next year. So uh, those are all good signs. I'm hoping, like Mailman Raiders said, that the Raiders do re-sign him even before he hits free agency. Now, I do think as him being a veteran in the league, I don't think he's going to be willing to just run and jump and say, okay, hey, uh, you know, let me go move and, and go sign this one-year deal with this team across the, across the country. But you never know. You never know what the case may be. I think he's a really good fit in this Patrick Graham scheme. I think he can help the young guys out. So I'm with you 100%, Mailman Raider. I think that that is a good addition. I don't know if they're going to sign him before Monday or before even Wednesday when it officially opens up, when, when you can sign contracts. But I think it would be a good idea to address Jerron Harmon. I also think that Jared Stidham is a guy that, uh, even though, let's see how you put it, I think that Jared Stidham obviously makes sense for the Raiders. He's more valuable to me than the Raiders. I, I think it would make sense for them to sign him before the, the tampering period you know, hits, only because why give a team an opportunity to give him a bigger deal? Right? I mean, I think that you could say, I think the Raiders could approach him with that exact you know, kind of sales pitch. 
look, you're more valuable to us than any other team in the league. So let's go ahead and get this three-year deal done, and then boom. Instead of allowing a team to maybe think, well, maybe this guy could be you know, a bigger piece to our puzzle, and then go out there and throw some, some extra free agency money at him, especially with the team. I mean, you saw what Jacksonville did last year. They just threw stupid money out there because they had it, right? Well, there's teams that have plenty of money, so I, I would probably, if I was the Raiders, want to get that deal done with Jared Stidham before another team even has the opportunity to tempt him, just, just because. Right, instead of driving up the, the price of business. So for me, I think Jared Stidham and Deron Harmon make, make sense, but those are really the two guys that I'd like to see the Raiders re-sign before free agency opens up next week. So let me know what you think, 69187, keyword R&R. That's the text line. We'll get back to your phone calls once we talk to Vinny Bonsignor, who's going to join us next from the RJ and, of course, the morning tailgate right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. And it's time to go inside the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Sponsored by Dos Caras Tequila and presented by the Realty One Group. And Vinny Bonsignor joins us now on the phone lines. And Vinny, we appreciate you as always. Of course, you can catch Vinny every single morning on the morning tailgate, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. And, of course, in the RJ, VegasNation.com, he puts all his great work out there. Vinny, thanks so much again. Definitely appreciate you. We anticipated 11 total draft picks. Compens- uh, the compensatory picks, the, they've been officially rolled out, and the Raiders do have 11, in, in fact, uh, draft picks. How big is that for them when they go to uh, you know attack the draft coming up in late April? Yeah, uh, thanks for having me, by the way. Uh, extremely. I mean, the more draft capital, the better. Those are players that you're literally talking about. Uh, as Dave Ziegler was talking to us uh, last week in Indianapolis, when you talk about trading picks or adding picks, what you're really doing is talking about either trading away a player or bringing in a player. So the more, the merrier. And it gives you more ammunition as the Raiders to, to be able to move up in the draft. Uh, I expect a lot of moving up and moving down uh, as they navigate this draft board, trying to bring in – uh, as many high-end impact players that they could find in this draft. And we've talked about this, Q, how many, how many starters do they ultimately want to come out uh, of this draft with? And I'm not only talking about long range, but short range. They need help immediately. Uh, so they're going to use all their assets to try to make the biggest uh, impact on this year, in the 2023 season, uh, through this draft class. Before I get into any free agents from outside of the building, I do want to ask you about free agents in the building. We found out Amir Abdullah, he got re-signed to a one-year deal today. He was a guy that me and you both talked to him in the locker room when they were cleaning out their lockers at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. He said he wanted to return. He's returning. Uh, do you see any other players that you kind of look at as priorities that maybe the Raiders need to go ahead and sign before free agency opens up next week? Maybe not necessarily before free agency, but I think guys like uh, Jakob Johnson um, is somebody uh, that they that they want, and I feel like there's a fit there, and the money's not going to be um, you know astronomical. Uh, Deron Harmon, we'll see what happens uh, in this in, in in the you know safety in terms of free agency. There's some safeties out there uh, that they might be interested in, but I think they really value uh, Deron Harmon. Um, you know, outside of that, it's just it is hard to. Uh, to, to really pick any kind of priorities. Not that, not that Amir was a priority or anything like that, right. but I think he felt comfortable coming back here and the money was right and, and you know, he, he accepted their offer is essentially what it is. And I would think for a, for a bunch of these guys, uh, there's either an offer on the table for them uh, and then, you know, with the, uh, 
you know, uh, with the understanding, hey, go out there and see what you might be able to get in free agency. Come back to us. You know, we'll see if we want to uh, match it or not. I think that's the case for a lot, for some of these guys at least. Uh, and so we'll see where it goes from here. But you know, if you're asking who I think will come back, I think Jakob is definitely going to come back. But after that, it's kind of a you know fifty-fifty uh, really on a lot of these guys because they might find what they're looking for or more of what they're looking for out on the open market, and it might be a little bit too rich for the Raiders, and, and they'll, they'll move on. I just don't see any real, like, oh, my gosh, the Raiders have got to have that guy out of this, uh, you know, uh, free agency class of, of their own players. And that leads me to my next question. I wanted to ask you about Jared Stidham, you know, because he's the guy that I think we all know should be with the Raiders next year, probably needs to be with the Raiders. I mean, he's more valuable, in my opinion, to the Raiders than any other team in the league. But is there any kind of a sense of urgency to maybe get him under contract so no other team at least kind of tempts the waters and say, hey, well, we'll give you this much money and, and maybe think makes him think about going somewhere else? Yeah, it's so interesting that you, that you mentioned uh, him. You know, I, I guess I'm always – Sort of of the of the thinking that he's going to be back, you know, right. like like I don't I, you know, like you for the reasons that you just said, he's so valuable to the Raiders. I think this is a place that uh, that you know that 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 he likes. Um, he'll have an opportunity perhaps uh, to play a lot of football games, depending on what happens uh, at quarterback. Um, you know, uh, whether it's free agency or, or the draft. So I think that fit is a good fit, and you almost kind of assume or presume, you know, that he's he's already kind of there's probably maybe an understanding of. Um, he's going to have a home here with the Raiders next year. Yeah, I, I feel that way as well. Again, Vinny Bonsignor is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920 on a set of roughness. DeMond's got one for you. I know that the Raiders run a pretty tight ship, and they're not trying to let too many leaks out. But do you have a sense of how the team is going to be leaning towards free agency? We know that the draft comes after, but do you think that there's a certain position group that they're going to try to at least actively pursue when it comes to free agency? I'd have to say... Um, I think the offensive line right tackle is a position everywhere on every level of the defense, you know, starting at cornerback, defensive line, uh, linebacker, safety. Uh, I think I, I think they're wide open uh, defensively. But I am getting a sense <laughs> right now uh, that the Raiders are, uh, are really kind of getting locked in right now on free agency. I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of or hear a whole lot of, you know, uh, chatter uh, right now um, about what their plans are. I think they're – I think they feel good about the plan that they're getting ready to execute. It could go a bunch of different ways. It takes two to tango. There's 31 other teams, so you can't, you know, sit there if you're Dave Ziegler or Josh McDaniels counting on certain things actually happening. Uh, but there's a there's a plan that's in place, uh, and I think that uh, they're they're on top of it. I think they're just ready to get started, and I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of uh, nonsense coming out uh, in terms of leaks or anything like that. I think they're they're buttoned up and ready to go. Something that a lot of people are counting on, including Raiders legend Rich Gannon, is Jimmy G being signed as the bridge gap quarterback. That's your guy. Yes, Let's go. Vinny, Let's about go. Jimmy G, what is so intriguing about him to you if he were to be the Raiders starting quarterback next season? You know, somebody that um, somebody that's capable, obviously. You know, you still want to win right now, and you know, there's no guarantee that the rookie that you draft is going to be uh, ready to play right now. And so they need somebody – that they feel comfortable with in terms of being uh, competitive. You know, you still have Devontae Adams and Darren Waller and uh, Josh Jacobs is, is going to be back next year in one form or another, and, and Hunter Renfro, and you, you've got Max Crosby. You know, you've got players that want to win right now, and, and you owe it to everybody to try to be as competitive as you can in the short t- term while also building that foundation for the future, which they, you know, are definitely aware of and, and want to do. 
I think Jimmy G, when you look at what he's not the greatest quarterback, we all understand that. But I think, um, you know, uh, if they can get him at the right price, and I don't think they're going to get into any crazy bidding war for him, uh, I don't necessarily think that there will be a major bidding war for him, especially if Aaron Rodgers ends up with the Jets. If you're able to get him at a pretty decent price on a kind of a short-term deal, it may look like this or that, but the reality of the situation may be like a two-year firm commitment um, at decent money, you know, for both sides that are that's pleasing to both sides. And maybe even one where, hey, you can even be comfortable with if the rookie that you draft is ready to go starting next year, um, there you go. You know, uh, you, it, would, it would be kind of a seamless transition right there. So somebody that can give you some certainty right now, but not be any kind of a long-range drag on your salary cap that prevents your rookie uh, from getting on the field sooner rather than later. I'm on Spotrack.com right now, and they've got his market value at $35 million. So what do you think the Raiders would be willing to pay? I don't think it would be $35 million per year. It may look like that in some ways or something like that, but I think, um, you know, uh, I would say anywhere from 23 to maybe 29 30 um, You know, maybe maybe it's two years, $60 million when it all comes out of the wash, something around uh, around that kind of a number. That's interesting. It really is. And, you know, Cynthia Freeland from NFL Network, and we're having her on at 4 o'clock, she has Jimmy G – uh, four more wins, giving him four more wins to the Houston Texans, and she put the Raiders in there as well. She thinks he'd be valuable for four more wins than what they had last year. Do you see him as that much of an upgrade over what they had a year ago? Um, yeah, I, yeah, I do actually. Not a, not so much of an upgrade, but somebody that I think um, is going to fit more with what uh, with what um, you know uh, what the Raiders are trying to do and what they ask for uh, from a quarterback. Somebody that. Is going to be confident and sometimes taking some chances. Uh, if the play isn't there, um, you know, try to make something happen. He's not going to run. He's not a big runner, but he does pretty well in the pocket uh, and standing in the pocket and moving around in the pocket and making plays downfield. Uh, so um, you know, you look at his record with you know, and I, I think I forget. I don't have the exact numbers here, but it's pretty drastic when his team has kept teams under twenty points. His record compared to uh, to Derek Carr's record, it's night and day. Um, you know, he has a vastly superior record uh, as a starting quarterback than Derek has in that, in that regard. And then when, when you look at when his team gives up 30 or more points, he's at 4-8. and eight. I think Derek was, uh, he was at 50%, you know, 500 record, and Derek was far, far, far below uh, 500. So just looking at little things like that, I think there's something about him uh, that helps your team win football games. He's not the difference maker. He's not going to no. be the long-range answer. But I think he's somebody that can stabilize it. The big question for him, really, and honestly, and you have to account for this, is the injury factor. And keeping him on the field has been a problem. Um, but uh, that's why you bring back a, a Jared Stidham or you draft you know, one of these top quarterbacks. To be, if, if you know your starter, Jimmy G, I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but if it goes down that path, then you have somebody behind him that can, that can hold down the fort until he gets back. And maybe as a, as a rookie – somebody that is putting in valuable time and getting valuable experience um, on the playing field so that that helps uh, you know, expedite their development process. Vinny Bonsignor is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness, talking all things Raiders. So uh, you're, you're on board with Camp Jimmy G. Uh, I'm not so much. Uh, I'm not really a fan of that. But, uh, okay, we'll see what happens with that scenario. Now, the scenario that is most likely not going to have a chance to happen, but, of course, it sounds great, of course, is Lamar Jackson. We know he got the non-exclusive franchise tag. Why, in your opinion, is there no chance at that, or unlikely, that's how you tweeted it, unlikely that it would happen for the Silver and yeah. Black? 
Well, I think, um, A, uh, what the expected cost is going to be for him, um, what the perception is of what he's actually asking for, um, number one. Uh, I don't think that the Raiders are in any, um, you know, the, motivated at all. Uh, to if, if, Let's just say it's $230 million guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Let's say it's a dollar more uh, than what Deshaun Watson got. I don't think they're interested uh, in doing that for, for, for a Lamar Jackson. And there would probably be very few quarterbacks that they would. That's a lot of money. You got to take that anytime you guarantee that length of a of a contract five years, you know, uh, two hundred thirty million dollars. You got to literally put that money in an escrow account. This isn't the NBA, right? You know, where you sign Kevin Durant at three hundred million dollars, and you just you just pay scale that out or pay period that out over the length of the contract, and then as it comes, you pay him, and as it comes, you pay him. You don't have to put anything into any kind of an escrow account or anything like that. Um, and and for for a lot of owners, that means having to either borrow the money or write the checks themselves. And there's aren't, there aren't a lot of owners that want to do that because of that role, that escrow uh, role. So you have that. You have the injury factor. Uh, you have the fact that the Raiders really want to get young at quarterback and develop their own guy at quarterback. Uh, and, and that would kind of take them out of that uh, world a little bit. So there's a lot of reasons why uh, I don't believe that Lamar Jackson is a, is a viable. Um, you know, the other part of it is this. If we're if we're being honest, there's probably a good chance that whatever Lamar gets out in the open market, and you only get one chance, all he gets is one chance. You can't go get another offer right. or another offer after that. It's one team, one offer, and the Baltimore Ravens have a chance not to negotiate or try to better it, just match it. And I think that whatever they bring back uh, to the Baltimore Ravens, the Baltimore Ravens are going to match it. And here's the last part of that. When you make an offer sheet, number one, you have to have the salary cap space to be able to do it. You have to have the draft picks this year and next year to be able to execute it. And then you also have to put money uh, or, that, or the, that first year salary, whatever the cash value is of that first year, now is docked against your salary cap immediately, right now. Mm-hmm. And then you go into a five-day wait period where the Baltimore Ravens will take every second, no matter who that team is that, that gets that you know, offer sheet. Why? Because they're going to make sure that you can't do anything in that time. It's a competitive business. And if they could take one team and lessen one team's chances of being able to improve their roster by taking every minute and making sure that that money (laughs) remains against their salary cap, that's exactly what they're going to do. So you're going to be in limbo for five days without the ability to use that money that you just signed an offer sheet to uh, or, or gave to Lamar Jackson on an offer sheet only for probably the, the probability that they're going to match it anyway and you're going to have wasted all your time doing it. So it's, it's very difficult to get those types of deals done. It's why there's only been one deal right. that's ever happened since they've had that role in the history of that role. So uh, there's a lot of downside to it for the team that's trying to chase the player. No, there's no doubt about that. And, you know, I was kind of looking at that base salary uh, that you just mentioned. I was looking at it like what the Browns did with Deshaun Watson, gave him a million-dollar base salary, right? I mean, you can make the base super low. You just got to make the, what, the signing bonus and everything. You got to make that make sense. So, um, but I know what you're saying. And, and like I said, I, I, I fully believe that it's a pipe dream to even think about it, but I think it's worth a shot at least picking up the phone and seeing what it would take, right? I mean, because yes, why not? And I'm sure. Exactly, and I'm sure in some form or fashion, um, they have a pretty good idea of what of what the expectation is. But yes, you know, you you definitely pick up the fall the phone just to be sure. But I, but I, as the rules are, even if you take that that number down uh, in terms of the salary cap that first year down, mm-hmm. 
whatever the cash value of it, you're still paying him. You're still going to pay him $50 million for next year. That cash value is what gets counted against your cap. Then once, you know, you can manipulate it once he's in the building, but that's what gets, that's what gets taken. That's what works against your salary cap. And that's kind of prohibitive too. So, uh, so there's a lot of reasons. I love Lamar Jackson. And I think if it was a straight free agency type of a thing, um, I'd certainly be interested, but it's hard to, especially with so many holes on this roster and how it holds you up from getting after some of those holes on the roster, uh, it makes it a big challenge. Final question for you. As far as, you know, if there's a veteran quarterback that they bring in, whoever it is, if it's Jimmy G, if it's whatever, whatever the case may be, they bring him in, obviously they're going to draft someone at some point. Do you see that person that they would draft with their first pick? Do you see them at number seven or maybe even trading up to go get it? And who do you think it would be? Like, who would fit best? Yeah, um, that's a great question, and that's that's the million-dollar question. Like, whatever happens in free agency at quarterback, how does it affect what they're going to do in the draft? And I've been asking myself that question so many times, trying to figure out what they might think. Uh, I think that they would trade. I, I think if there's a possibility of trading up for C.J. Stroud, maybe at number three, I think that they would entertain that. I think that that was something that they would, you know, uh, take into really, really, really think about. And the way that would have to work is, You'd have to talk to Arizona if Arizona still has possession of that of that third pick overall, and say to them, "Look, if if our guy, because they're not going to draft a quarterback, if our guy's there at number three, what would it take on draft day to make that deal?" And kind of have an agreement in place on an in case basis, so that if C.J. Stroud is there at number three, boom, you make that deal. Uh, but you know, then obviously, if it, if he isn't there, then the trade is off. You know, there, there's no reason to do the trade. Uh, so if that's I, I could see the Raiders doing something like that, re- pre-working a deal with Arizona uh, to get C.J. Stroud at number three. Or uh, if they stay at number seven and they draft a quarterback, uh, i got to believe it would be a Will Levis. Uh, I don't think Anthony Richardson at this point is going to be there. I think somebody's going to bite on him earlier. Um, and I think that if the Raiders were to draft a quarterback that high, you'd have to look at, well, who's actually going to be left on the board at that point of the top guys, and it would be Will Levis. And he seems to fit kind of what the Raiders like, what Josh McDaniels likes. I know there's some warts there uh, on the film and what happened last year, but I could see them potentially drafting a Will Levis at number seven. I'm not saying that's going to happen, uh, but uh, but I, if if they are drafting a quarterback, I could see those two scenarios. There you go. Uh, lots of stuff to unpack right there. Vinny Bonsignor from the RJVegasNation.com. Morning tailgate, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with Clay Baker and Heidi. What do you got working on that uh, we should be on the lookout for, Vinny? Yeah, uh, writing a little bit about uh, Amir Abdullah, and then uh, on Sunday I'm going to have uh, sort of the blueprint for free agency uh, if Ooh. I was running the show. And some of what I've been hearing, uh, what might unfold starting next week. And guys, uh, get ready, because this is going to be a really interesting uh, week. There's going to be a lot of breaking news starting next week, so I can't wait. That's a tease right there. That's what we call it in the business. Vinny, fantastic stuff. Appreciate you, brother. All right, guys, have a good one. Have a great show. Uh, you, thank you. There he goes. Vinny Bonsignor, man, he left us uh, with a dangling carrot there, didn't he? Boy, oh, boy, he left that carrot right out there in front of our face. Lots of breaking news next week, according to Vinny Bonsignor. And, of course, tampering period begins on Monday, and free agency starts on the 15th. 2.50 is the time. We'll take a quick break, come back, close out hour number one, Radio Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. East Bay Raider Gray hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line. He said, please answer this question for me. 
Why would a winning organization like the 49ers want to move on from a proven winning quarterback, Jimmy G, for an unknown commodity in Trey Lance, especially trading three first rounds and a third round pick to get him also? Why would KC give up a bunch of picks to get Mahomes? Because they understand the value of the quarterback position, most important position in football. What you gonna do? What you gonna do, Raiders? Jimmy G? I don't think so. That's East Bay Raider Gray, and he's he's the hot name. He's the hot name that everyone's talking about. Everyone's talking about. Go make the the addition. Go sign the guy. He's a winning quarterback. I've said it a million times. I don't get it, but maybe it's not for me to understand. Maybe it's for me just to understand once it happens, if it happens, and. Go from there. I don't know. But for me, I'm I'm still like I don't I don't get it. But everyone believes that he is the guy. Even Rich Gannon, who put out his four ways that he believes the Raiders could get turned around quick, fast, in a hurry, and his number one way was, well, to go ahead and sign Jimmy G and go grab a quarterback in round two or, or day two of the draft, build up the offensive line get another pass rusher with Crosby, and add more playmakers to the secondary. I agree with all of those except for sign Jimmy G. I just I don't see it, but that, again, is just me. Gizmo said, I disagree with Gannon, but only a little. Here's my four keys. Start Stidham instead of Garoppolo to save cast space. Draft Hooker after trading down the first round. Trade for Ramsey, Ramsey and sign Bobby Wagner. Sign McGlinchey at right tackle. Bonus, re-sign Perriman before anyone else and focus the entire draft on impact defensive players. I think we go running back by commitment and Jacobs gets traded after negotiating down uh, the draft picks. That's from uh, Gizmo, and I don't think that Jacobs is going to get traded at all. I think that, if anything, he just won't sign the franchise tag and ends up playing on a one-year deal. You know, at, at some point he signs the one-year the, the franchise tag and plays on it. I don't think that there's going to be any team that's going to trade for a running back, and that's not a, dis, a discredit to him or a slight to him. It's just the value of the running back position. There's just teams that don't value the running backs like they like they should or like they you know w- would want to. I believe that Josh Jacobs is more valuable. He's similar to Jared Stidham. He's more valuable to the Raiders than he is any other team. Uh, got a quick text that will close things out from Jim and Yonkers. Stidham, Hollins, Morrow, Perriman, and Harmon. I dis- those are the ones that he wants to see re-signed before free agency opens up. He also said, I disagree again about Jimmy G. No offensive touchdown when 49ers beat Packers 13-10 last year in the playoffs. Jimmy G will be the last vet signed out of the crop. That explains it. Play the rookie, we take it seven. D.C. started day one and the roster was atrocious. This rookie we draft will play it with a much better team. It'll be better day one than what D.C. was day one. So why sit him? As far as offensive line, it's not as bad as most thinks. It needs additions, but not a complete overhaul. Gannon is right about playmakers in the secondary and the pass rusher. Thank you for a great show. That's Jim and Yonkers. And, yeah, I don't think the offensive line is, is atrocious. I just think that they need to finally solidify that right tackle position. How long have we talked about the right tackle? I mean, you can go back so many players that have held that spot down. I mean, we, we kid with Jermaine Illuminor, but, I mean, he did the best he could. There was times when Thayer Munford was in there. Obviously, we all remember Trent Brown and how that didn't shake out. Oh, by the way, Gabe Jackson just got released a little while ago from the Seahawks, so now he's out there uh, on the free agent market, but he was the right guard, not the right tackle. Uh, who else did they have? Khalif Barnes? Wasn't he there at one point? Khalif Barnes was there, and he was like the gift they keep on giving. Every time you thought Khalif Barnes was gone, they'd bring him back again. Donald Penn tried his luck at the right side. I mean, there's been so many different guys that have tried to to man that right side of the offensive line. It just hasn't worked. I don't know what it is. I really don't. I don't know why it's been so long since they've had a solid right tackle. I've even thought about maybe it's a good idea to kick Cole Miller over to the right side and and draft a, a left tackle of the future. 
Right? They, at some point, they've got to get a right tackle that they believe is worth the salt. And again, not a disrespect to Jermaine Illuminor. He's done a lot that, you know, whatever he could. He played so many different positions last year. If they had asked him to play center, he would have. I mean, that's just kind of what he would have done, right? I mean, that's just who he is. But he's not a guy that I would put out the, the right tackle position. Oh, Alex Leatherwood, forgot about him. He was very forgettable. Forgot about him. He was drafted to be the right tackle of the future. You saw how long that lasted. They just haven't been able to get that position right, and they got to get that position right. 258 is the time. Coming up next, Aaron Wilson. He's out in Houston, Channel 2, NFL Insider. He'll join us next. It's Radio 920.